Roger. Yeah, I think you're pulling the wrong one. I'm just... Okay, I'm ready to pull it down now. There was still a little bit uh, left in the... Okay, don't hold it quite so tight. Okay. Welcome to the podcast. This is how it's going to start. Johnny Pemberton, a.k.a. Jimmy Jackson, a.k.a. Jason Pepperhouse, a.k.a. Hands on the Branch, Daddy's Big Red Truck Executive Buffet, Server Owner Operator Driver, Conniver, Door Opener, Suicide Slam, Static, Reuptake, Inhibitor, I'm gonna get you when the action, get those stations, gonna serve you up with some making libation, welcome to the Executive Buffet. Please feel free to use the tongs. They're everywhere. We've got, we've got, we've got, we, 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 before I said welcome, I didn't mean it. Now I really mean it. I mean, I want you to pee in your wet bathing suit. Because no one's going to notice if you do. You just have to play it off like you did it. If you do it just right, if you get out of the bath- of the of the pool, I think the idea is to, you know what would be cool, is to piss right as you get out as you're walking out of the what is going on here? You look like you'd be a stream shooting out of your, uh, your pants. Yeah, I would. You'd be able to see it. What are you doing? I literally just asked that. Um, hey, it's me. It's Johnny Pemberton. I'm not sure what the hell is going on here right now. I just got here. Uh, this is a podcast. This is live. Are you done? Are you finished? Cakes are done. People are finished. Are you finished? Welcome to the podcast. This is the Executive Buffet. It's on the 38th floor of a beautiful downtown hotel in Atlanta, Georgia. We're glad to have you here. Thank you so much for rating, reviewing, and subscribing to the podcast. Without those things, those things would not be what they are today without you doing what I just said you have done. If you haven't done it, then you got to do it, okay? Thank you for that. Also, um, uh, if you want to visit us on Patreon, it's patreon.com slash live to tape. That's uh, patreon.com slash the name of the podcast, which is live to tape. L-I-V-E. Um, also, the email is L. It's live to tape podcast at gmail.com. That's L-I-V-E-T-O-T-A-P-E. P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. Please send me your instrumental tracks. I know I called for these a long time ago, but guess what? I want to get back into them. 
I want to make that a, an intro segment here where I, because um, I like grabbing these, uh, making these these loops and these obscure tracks, but you know what's also fun is to to get the copyright free ones from YouTube, but guess what? They're not very good. I want to hear your shit. Live to tape podcast at gmail.com. Send me your complaints. And I don't, actually, I don't want to hear your fucking complaints. Upcoming tour schedule real quick. If you don't know about this, then now you're about to. So I'm doing a comedy tour this coming July in America, United States. You can see me in Chicago on the 15th of July at the hideout. And then you can see me in Milwaukee at the Underground, and that's on the 16th of July. 17th will be in Eau Claire, Wisconsin at the Plus. Friday, the 19th of July, I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota at the Parkway Theater. On the 20th of July, I'll be in Des Moines, Iowa at Vaudeville Muse. The 22nd, Brooklyn, New York at Union Hall. And then... Philadelphia, Pennsylvania on the 23rd of July at Good Good, an awesome comedy theater. They have, t- have a ticket. I had ticket links for all these shows. If you go to johnnypemberton.dog, uh, the only one I don't have is for the Plus and Eau Claire because uh, it's going to be happening. You'll get them soon. Don't worry about it. Now, please enjoy this amazing podcast I did with the amazing musician, Bobby Birdman, here. On Live to Tap, only on this where you are right now, here. Call yourself, call your brother, call your sister, call your good friends, tell them to go to those shows, and then tell them to listen to this podcast after you've rated and reviewed and subscribed. Be good. Yeah. The sequencer or the, the synthesizer was on three. Yeah. Okay. So that that's will, a that cool. And what's like a half level thing? I would like to see a peaking in the yellow. Um, oh, yeah. yeah that's, that's a good that's a good one. Attenuation, right? Yeah. It's all about signal Signal chain. Everything. I mean, that's one of my favorite things about Broadway. Is that, like everything along the way does something. Yeah. Sometimes it can go terribly low. Signal the noise. That's a thing. Right? That is a thing. Yeah. Alright, guys. <laughs> okay. That's all I got. So Enjoy. that stuff's set up. Maybe yeah, we're okay. Maybe a little less. We have just those. Yeah, it's good. Ooh, that's nice. Oh, yeah. But we'll go together in the next lesson on that. But we'll go the table. Also, the table, the table, the table a little bit. So let's say you're a couple feet away from the table. Also, in comfort, the table. Yo! 
mind over matter. Hi, my name is Florian Kohler. Yo, mind over matter, splatter. Don't do shit to me, I'm a pool bell. We'll go together. Hi, my name is Florian Kohler, also known as Venom. Venom. Today I wanted to introduce you a new tutorial series covering the basics of pool. Joining me here is Jamilette, and uh, for the first lesson we're gonna go over how to play pool properly. Jamilette Gaxiola. Welcome to Live to Tape here on Starburns Audio Network. I have a guest in the studio. He's a musician, he's a pool dog. He's a swimmer. Pool dog. Long distance swimmer, right? Um, I would say short distance, medium distance. You can swim in the ocean. I though. can swim in the ocean. Yes. Yeah. When's the last time you swam in the ocean? Uh, yesterday. Yesterday? Yeah. Well, paddled around in the well, ocean. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's for surfing. Yeah, right? yeah. Bobby? Yep. Robert? Robert. <laughs> what do you go by mainly? That's a great question. My name is Robert. Robert. But and, I go by Rob generally. How about on Spotify? What do you go on by? On Spotify, I go by Bobby. Bobby Birdman. Birdman. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so it's confusing. I've made it extra confusing for everyone. You're basically Bobby Birdman, right? Yeah. I mean, I'll answer to it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's it's confusing for some people, like in this sort of situation, who may know me by a certain yeah. uh, avenue. Email name versus name yep, name. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah. I know. I mean, I know all the handles, so we're everything's great. Cool. We're yeah. all set. Um, yeah, like some salty barnacle guys out in the ocean know me as Bobby, too. So really? it's like, Bobby. And I'm always like, oh. uh, yeah, hey. You know. Are they like real? See, I'm, that's a scene that I would love to be involved in, but I don't think I have the, um, the gumption to learn how to surf. Mm. Um, You've been surfing for a long time. I have, yeah. I've been surfing for a long time like since I was long? a kid. A kid? Yeah. How old is a kid? Like as long as I can remember really? swimming, I was in the ocean, like either body surfing or no way. boogie boarding. So you learned to swim in the ocean? Uh, no, I probably I probably learned to swim in a pool, but okay. but like th I was born in San Diego, so yeah. those oh, two dude, bro. were I know, right? Um, San Diego is super chill. It's fairly chill. I mean, it's, parts of it, I guess, are fairly chill. I like San Diego. I do, too. It's, Every time I go, I'm like, why don't I go here more? <laughs> it's a it's a broad spectrum. Like, um, It's kind of like saying, I love L.A. And, yeah. and, and what does that really mean? Because there's so many pockets. Like, I, I lived kind of inland mm -hmm. in, like, near Chula Vista, which is okay. not um, what people think of when they think of, like, surf. San, uh, San Diego. I know a really annoying guy named Charlie who's from Chula Vista. Oh, yeah. He talked like this. He's <laughs> like, oh, man, I'm from Chula Vista. It's different there. Yeah. He was like a white dude. I don't even know where Charlie, Charlie might not be alive. Charlie's the kind of guy who would mouth off to like the wrong person and maybe get shot. Do you, where, what part of your life do you know him from? Oh, years ago. Like he was friends with my old roommate on this um, early message board. I can't remember what it was called, but it was like, you know, like butterscotch or some crap like that. I can't remember what it was, but he... Did it have a purpose? Like a... Just like a, a board people would... I think just, it started off as like a designer's board uh -huh. or like a computer geeks, but it just became like a social... For them, it was a social thing. Yeah, yeah. And they would all just talk on it. And this guy named Charlie, he came to uh, stay with us for a couple of days. Mm -hmm. it ended up being like two weeks. Wow. And it was just like... He was the most oblivious... One of the most oblivious people I've ever met. Just based on your, your internet... 
relationship he uh, came to well, not for me my roommate oh gotcha right yeah right, he was wait my roommate was 10 times more active on the uh -huh. than i was especially mm -hmm. with this board and yeah. this guy from chula vista so that's so my when i hear chula vista i think <laughs> of charlie I'd be like oh yeah i got oh should i get toilet paper like you shouldn't even fucking be here man <laughs> let alone yeah you should get all the toilet paper you should build a wall build a separate apartment of toilet paper yeah and have it be outside of the walls of our apartment right so that's well, what i mean like parts of san diego aren't yeah. as chill as others i guess but i also moved away way before I recognized the full chill potential. Where did you move? I moved up to uh, Nevada County oh, in that's... Northern California. Why did you move up there? Uh, my parents, my dad got a job up there. Okay. My parents are both public school teachers and right. he got a job up in that area. Grass Valley? He got a job yeah. in another little gold country zone like uh, Placerville, which oh, okay. is like a, it's a little bit south. Critter country, right? Critter country, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so I spent most of my life, or my formative years, rather, in Critter uh, Country. Critter Country. I'm still trying to define that to someone. How do you define a crit? Uh, it's it's hard, tough. isn't it? I feel like yeah, I've had this conversation a bunch, and I've not ever found a proper way to do it. But it's it's sort of like a um, trying not to use the word vibe, but it's a. It's a <laughs> <laughs> if you have to use it. Yeah, yeah. It's like a well it is like I think it is like in the in the um truest sense of what that word comes from. It's a vibration that comes off of someone that's tough to pin down to a specific it's not like a specific fashion yeah. or aesthetic necessarily, but it's like the way someone carries themselves can be Crit. crit you said something and that made me think of the kind of understand it which was uh no trespassing sign <laughs> <laughs> well, something about that is like uh -huh. get out of here yeah stay off my land <laughs> um yeah i think that's a that's part of it there's a lot of tributaries that feed into the crit, crit yeah um but yeah like that area there's a lot of uh there was a lot of gold mining obviously yeah. so there's still like active claims and so okay. you see that so it's that type of protective personality yep. mm -hmm. uh yeah that, that's one one I, and also i kind of like putting these like incomplete descriptions of it out into the universe mm -hmm. and then you know eventually in the ether like will the crit will um will form will form mm. in, in the mind of the collective consciousness um critter yeah critter Man, so I love that you know about crit. Well, and yeah, crit. I, I, well, I learned about that at the same time I learned about wook. <laughs> okay. Which is, uh, wook is way more colorful than critter. Yeah, and I think easier to define. Yeah, right? wook is, uh, you know them instantly. Mm -hmm. A wook, listeners, if you don't know what a wook is, a wook is short for wookie, which is short for festival wookie, which is like basically the prototype is like a, a white dude with dreads or any sort of dude with dreads who's not a Rasta. And they go to festivals to see bass nectar, and they're probably uh, boofing some some drugs. Yeah. There's also the one I saw that's the famous one is a, hey dude, can I borrow everything? That's what, mostly <laughs> right, that's the right, prototypical right. Wook yep. descriptions. Mm -hmm. Hey bro, can I borrow everything? Yep. Yeah. So not all Wooks are crit, but some crits are Wook. Crits. A crit could be a wook could be crit, but not by definition. <laughs> so is this like does it cross over into surfing culture then? There's definitely critters in in Damn. surfing. Yeah, that's cool about surfing. It's one of those things where you always growing up. I used to think it was not that at all. I thought it was like you know, like like you know, this super. What is it like? Just hot dudes with cool tans mm -hmm. who were 
hippie, but they're not yeah. hippie. But I, I think that has to do with like marketing, right? Like yeah, I think oh, totally. that like surfing came into like massive popularity in the sixties with like Gidget movies and right. um uh Frankie Internet and that kind of thing that, that set the tone for like what surf culture is. And so like ever since then, outwardly speaking, uh surf culture is like kinda ugly or, yeah. or or it's not it's it's like offensive, you know, it's like it's garish. It's garish. Right. And it's like uh yeah, I don't know. Because there's surfers who own guns. Sure. I guess yeah, that's yeah. why. There's but, like full on like Trump stickers in the parking no lot. No way. Yeah. That that to me, I would never think that. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's what's cool about stuff is that <laughs> it's just so funny. Yeah. I would never thought about that. Trump sticker, well, Trump surfer. Yeah. So much of it, I think, surfer is about like territorialism. Trump. You know, really? like there's so much territorialism in surfing yeah. that it's pretty gross. But um, Did you watch that latest kook video? I don't know which you watch kook, kook slams on Instagram. I've I've seen it. I don't I watched follow one. I think it must have been in Australia. It's basically, it looks like there's there's like a hundred surfers on one wave. Mm-hmm. They're all just. It seems like some sort of a holiday contest. It's uh-huh. like they're trying to. It's like a fun thing. Yeah, yeah. And it's just nuts. They're just everywhere. And someone's just getting. People are just getting worked or something. Is that or, a word? Or, I mean, yeah. What are some like, surf terms? Can you play some music on your boards and teach me some surf uh, terms? Sure. Let's see what happens. <laughs> no, no, not, when I say music, I don't mean yeah, music. Yeah, I mean yeah. sounds. Yeah. Because um, you're a musician. It's true. Um, I'm trying to think of a surf term. What's the first one to start term? with, like... Or maybe like... Tube um, City? Tube City. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of what the most famous surf term would be gnarly. off the top. Yeah, gnarly. Oh, you know what I was thinking about recently is um, there's like a, something that people say to each other a lot in the ocean, like no matter kind of the full spectrum of surfer, like right. kooky guys to like old crusty guys will say, if you're like sitting out there with nothing to talk about and there's an awkward silence, you sort of have to break the silence. Yeah. Kind of no matter what the conditions, unless it's like really terrible, you'll say, it's a few fun ones. A few fun ones? <laughs> I mean, it's like a few good waves. Like a few, yeah, there's, there's a like fun a ones. couple fun ones. You know, it's God. just like hearing like every age of, you know, like you hear like a little grom, like up to a like little a, grom. Oh, yeah, grom. See, I don't That's know what that a is. One. A grom. Um, uh, Damn, this is yeah. cool. Grom is short for grommet, right. which I think derives from gremlin and grammy. So wow. it's it's a term for like a young little surf rat. Like which, a little shitter. Yeah, it's a little shitter. A little snot, a little fucker. <laughs> a little, a little yeah. fucker coming in there. Yeah. It's like, hey! Little grammy or grommet. A grommet. Gremlin. What about yeah. gr- why it's grommet? Yeah, I don't know. Because grommet's know. a very specific thing. Right. Maybe it comes from car culture somehow. I don't know. That's funny. Because I feel like there's a crossover there. There's a couple of fun ones. A few, yeah. There's a few fun ones out there. A few fun ones. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of, like, downplaying, you know, like, you can never be, like, too psyched. Like, if you ever, like, get too excited about something, it's like, you know, whoa, you know, take a, roll it back. Gotta be, like, stoic and kind of bummed. It's like, yeah, it's like, I guess it is sort of the opposite of the outward image of That's surf culture funny. everyone's so chill and if you're not chill then you become kind of like 
ostracized almost. Mm -hmm. Everyone's constantly living in fear of being called a kook, and you know. Really? <laughs> you ever called someone a kook, point blank? Been like, you fucking kook. Uh, yeah, I have. <laughs> what do they do? Um, yeah, I'm not proud of it. But like sometimes, okay. you know, there's a lot of like uh, courtesy. Yeah. There's a lot of. Um, yeah, there's a lot of rules, and when people break the rules, it gets frustrating. What are the and, top three rules? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Theoretically, there's like a an order to who has priority for a wave. You shouldn't snatch someone's buzz. <laughs> you you don't uh, snatch the buzz. You don't warp um, someone's gawk. No, 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 no. What was the tube thing you uh, said? You're, oh man, we're in Tube City. Tube City. Yeah, if, if like occupancy in Tube City is. One. One, okay. Know. Tube yeah. City is when it's like it's spitting like a washing machine, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. It's just frothing. This like is from some movie I think I saw. Tube City, really? Yeah, I can't think of what it was. <sighs> but I just remember some guys being like, don't, wouldn't you, don't you wish we were in Tube City right now? <laughs> like, I was in Tube City. It's spitting like a washing machine. <laughs> wow. Some like Tube 90s City. SoCal movie, yeah. probably. Like a guy who skis, he rollerblades, skateboards, and he surfs. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I don't know. You know yeah. what some rules are? Rules, yeah, back to rules. Um, yeah, I don't know, it's a lot of like courtesy. It's like, yeah. you know, taking your turn, respecting your elders, that kind of like. So you just gauge someone, if they seem older, they get, they get the right away? Uh, not necessarily, it's sort of like a, there's seniority. a lot of. There's a lot of seniority, a lot of like signifier, cultural signifiers. Like at certain spots, if you're wearing a leash, it's a faux pas. Really, or, why? Or it's, uh, it sort of denotes like a skill level. Like okay. you're, if you're not wearing one, you theoretically would know how to control your surfboard. Yeah, okay. Um, and it, I find that it does, you know, I, 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 that's probably the situation where I would call someone a kook is if like they took off in front of me on a wave, mm -hmm. fell, their board went flying out because they're wearing a leash. People who wear leashes tend to feel more confident to let their board go oh, flying because okay. it's attached to their legs. So yeah. then, but they don't think that there's like six foot of leash with another six foot of surfboard or right. whatever that goes up, you know, to 10 foot or what, 10 foot board with a 10 foot leash that comes flying at you and can do some damage. damage. And um, yeah, so sometimes you lose your cool and go off on just, a kook. I knew a guy who used to um, take shits up, up, upstream. What's it called? What's it called? The, the cross current. Is it a cross current, right? Um, yeah. He used to shit downstream. He, he used to, yeah. He used to shit. He'd swim downstream and he'd take a big old dump. Uh huh. And he'd go back to where his buddies were and he'd watch it flow by and he'd be laughing at it. <laughs> wow. Well, I have a friend who has a similar uh, outlook. Really? Have you ever done that to you? Not specifically that, but there's a lot of, there's been like, you know, poo-poo play in the Oh, man. <laughs> the so it's totally cool to poop in the ocean? Uh, I, I, yeah, I don't know if it's cool, but it's... Yeah. I, it's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not cool? It's not cool? I mean, it's kind of cool. Um, but sometimes it's... Water. Yeah, it's a big body of Sometimes water. it's bad, though? No, sometimes it's... What else are you going to do? Yeah. Do you wear a wetsuit? Uh, depending on the water temperature, yeah. but yeah, around here, generally speaking. You gotta. This is the Pacific. Yeah. The Pacific. Pacific's kind of chilly. Pretty it, cold. Yeah. Even in San Diego? San Diego gets warm in the summertime. If you go down to like mainland Mexico, it gets warm. Really? Yeah. So you can just surf in board shorts? Yep. Mm -hmm. It's like Florida. Yep. 
Wow. Have you been down there? Surf? To Mexico. Yeah. Take mm-hmm. a surf trip? Mm-hmm. How's that work? You go by yourself with buddies? Usually with some buddies. Wow. Yeah. Try not to bring too many buddies because you want, you know, the low profile. Yeah, keep a low profile and you're going on vacation. Why do you want to? You could surf yeah. with like crowds in uh, uh, California pretty easily. So All right, yeah. Um, like I, last summer, I went down to uh, like kind of the southern tip of Baja. Wow. Um, or not quite, but near in that zone. Yeah. And it was like so crowded, like 100 people surfing. Why? It's like everyone's from San Clemente. Because it's like a destination. Oh, really? You know, but it's like kind of defeats the purpose of flying three yeah. hours and then driving three hours on unpaved road. And then you show up and it's like. Whoa, San Clemente, like full, <laughs> just stacked. Aren't there you know? tons of uh, sharks down there? Uh, I've not seen a shark down there. You ever seen a shark surfing? Uh, not with 100% confidence, but I lived in the San Luis Obispo area right. for a while, and there Slow. were definitely moments that were like you would get out of the water because you weren't sure. But what was, you saw? Yeah. Damn. Like, yeah. was it a big thing? Big thing with a, a fin, usually, fish. that you couldn't... Because, like, a, you know, a porpoise fin is pretty easy to identify, yeah. but, the, you know, you're kind of always on the lookout for that Shit. shape. And, yeah. There's, you know anyone has ever been bit? No. Mm-mm. It's pretty... It's super rare, it's right? It's pretty rare. Yeah. It happens. It's almost lucky if you get bit. Yeah. Then you have something to talk about. There's some dude on uh, that show Naked and Afraid. Mm-hmm. Some guy's, mm-hmm. like... You know, 23, he'd been bit by a shark, bit by a rattlesnake, and bit by a crocodile. You know, maybe wow. it was a spider. It was some shit where he had like, this amazing bad luck. But kind of cool luck, though. What is this machine you're playing right now? Um, Presently, I'm playing the Moog Minotaur. So it's a bass synthesizer. Yeah. When did you get into music? Um, or start, like, start playing your own music. Um, I got into like bands and stuff in uh-huh. high school, played in bands. Just like rock bands stuff? Y- like, yeah, like... Guitar, drums, bass? Exactly. Like shitties, yeah. punk, ska, joke. I was in like this kind of joke Ooh. band called Batical Turbo Radness. Do you have any recordings? Was, uh, I don't. <laughs> That'd be cool to play some Batical no, Turbo Radness. No, it wouldn't. But, um... <laughs> yeah, it was funny because there was like kind of two rival... Not rivals, but like there were... A couple bands in Nevada City um, right. at the time that were like, kids like to go see these bands, mm-hmm. this like ridiculous, embarrassing joke band and this like grunge band. It was, was all it? kids. Do you remember yeah. the names of them? Uh, well, Baddical Turbo Radness was the joke band and right. Chode was the... Chode? Um, the grunge band? Grunge band. And they must have some recordings, right? I don't know. They turned into a band called Pocket for Corduroy. Oh, wait. I know... Wait, Pocket for Corduroy is a child's book, right? Mm-hmm. I think so. Pocket for Corduroy is a fucking... It's a little bear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. But I wonder if they have any music. Can they have any music? I don't know. No, they don't have any. All I get is this shit. Check it yeah. out. Yeah. Wait, maybe... Is Pocket for Corduroy a new obsession music video? Dumb girlfriend. Oh, your dead dumb girlfriend. Oh, Look at that. Look. Look at this. Oh, 198 views on YouTube. <laughs> Who, uh, <laughs> who's the uploader? Look at this uh, one. Uh, Brad Oates. <laughs> Oh, 
classic intro. Yeah. Open hi-hat count-in. So this is a little bit later, like, you know, getting more into mathy yeah, emo got, stuff. You know? It's got that mathy yeah. underpin. But, um... But yeah, I love these guys. A couple of them live in Los Angeles now, and they're um, good friends. But it, uh, just the dichotomy of those two types of right. like this is like very serious and like accomplished. And it's got uh, that Fugazi sound. Right. <laughs> Hi, Mike. Gotta, gotta be. T- uh, what's it called? Yeah, yeah, singing yeah. Up. Right. <laughs> I used to think that was so badass. The idea of singing yeah. like. So you're on your tiptoes singing as high as you can? Yeah. I think the the Walkman used to do that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You guys ever listen to Walkman? I've heard it. I wasn't... That was kind of a period where I stopped or wasn't listening to as much, like, rock music, yeah. I feel like. But, um, they but have yeah. A, they have a great song that was... Oh, this is some fucking live shit. Their first EP, man. Their first EP they had was... I remember that... To me, I almost can't even listen to it anymore because it was so indicative of a certain time for mm-hmm. me it's just hard to listen to what was that early 2000s? 2009 oh whoa this song right here you know this shit yeah I mean, it's just John um, Fire Eater but it's, okay I was gonna say it's someone movie. from something else right it's the John whole Fire band oh wow singer maybe they had a confusing aesthetic to me like I couldn't yeah. tell you know like I couldn't quite tell I feel like I remember well I guess it makes sense there's like piano I feel like it was like a, a lot of photos of like record like cozy recording yes, studios yes. And like, very bare recording yeah, things yeah. Uh, wearing white shirts yeah right it was almost like Interpol but without the goth yeah kind of like not preppy but like Oxford shirts maybe yeah. and like yeah Definitely. Hair, shorter haircuts Oxford shirts short haircuts yeah. Black, yeah. Black tie, maybe uh-huh. thin black tie. Right. Yeah, yeah. Smoking yeah. a cigarette. Uh-huh. Uh, being really tall. It was that late, 2009. I know, huh? man. I can't Damn. believe it. No, that's not right. I can't be right. No, it's not right. It's definitely not right. Because, because I feel like it was like this is wrong. It's it's 2003, maybe 2002. Like, yeah, yeah. That's what 2009. I was. 2009. What the fuck? I can't believe I just believe that. <laughs> yeah, because. Yeah, I was so into these guys. It was like, it's a, I wanted to be a yeah. rock man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's cool. It's so, yeah, again, it's like real serious. Yeah. You know? It's like earnest. Super it's earnest, cool. very emotional, yeah. but like that Brooklyn emotional. Mm-hmm, You're mm-hmm. so, I don't know. It's like that thing in your, it's the kind of thing I can't feel now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the kind of thing where once you're in your 30s, you just don't have that kind of like. Totally. Like, oh, that's exhausting to feel that way. <laughs> I don't care. I know. Can you imagine yeah. having to feel uh, angsty? Fe- feeling that way and then, like, singing about it, oh, you know? Oh, God. Like, yeah. Remember this shit? This was off their first full length. To me, it's just all about the drums and the bass. Nothing else matters. It's so huge. It's like... Because the drummer they had was just... He was like a little nut, man. Jonathan Fire Eater was slower, maybe? Slower, and like... yeah. Definitely slower. I think, I mean, a lot of people liked him a lot better. Was that, were they like 4 AD or something? Like, who they put out? They probably were. I don't, I don't know. I'm not a super label guy, yeah, necessarily. Yeah, me, me but either, really. But they have, I'm just trying to place them in the... I don't think Spotify <laughs> has all their stuff, actually. Because they have a really great song called Cherry Red. It was like I thought that was I thought that was a great song. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> How 
How did you get into? Because you were playing. So you said you were playing those um, and those regular bands. Mm-hmm. When yeah. did you get into doing? Because obviously, what you do now is primarily synth based, right? Um, like I, at least the stuff that you were yeah, as Bobby Bird yeah, band. The releases under, you have. Are, yeah, it's definitely like. Uh, Electronic or like digital, like edited on a computer and things like that. Yeah. um, I went to college in San Luis Obispo Mm -hmm. and I met Kyle Field, who I think you know, right? uh, Little Wings. And I started playing in that band. It was kind of a two piece at that point. Little Wings. Yeah, Little Wings. Um, And uh, I started playing with Kyle and this drummer, Melissa Scales. And uh, we, so that was kind of my like foray mm-hmm. into like coming from like punk DIY yeah. culture to like something else that was like cozier and like mm-hmm. in living rooms and uh, yeah, less you know, uh, abrasive. Yeah, less abrasive, like more deliberate. Um, I don't know. I don't know, but it was pretty free. It yeah. was like pretty. Um, like experimental, okay. But, you know, I, I, when you think of Little Wings, me, you, that might not be the first words you think of. What song of theirs I should play to sort of just to, <clears throat> to set this up? Um, they have a lot to, of albums. Yeah, yeah. To set the uh, maybe something off of Wonderoo. Wonderoo, that's the album. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's not on here. Oh wow! Um, There's the Wonder City. Is Discover Worlds of Wonder? Discover Worlds of Wonder. Yeah, here, yeah. play something off of that. That's what kind song? of the era. I think that might be the... Um, I Won't Be Burned, The Shredder. To be... about The Shredder? The Shredder. It's kind of references surf and skateboard culture. This is 2015? No. No. This would would have been... Says, gosh. All these things are mislabeled on here. It's probably 2003, huh? Even earlier. Like okay. maybe even... 2000 or 99. No, I don't know. This is a sound I definitely recognize from that that time. Uh, yeah. I don't know what it is, but there was a lot of this, like, very open. Yeah, so this isn't a great example of the experimental really? version, but... Um, what do you think is a good example hmm, Is there an earlier album on There's there? There's one here called Wonder City. There's yeah, Light Green that. Leaves, Wonder Magic City. Wand. Okay, Wonder City. What's a good one off there? Is there is that something like Narrow Escape? Is Narrow that on Escape. There? This is cool. Yeah. So this is when I came in. Like this era was it was a two piece, Kyle and Whitney Moon. Um, so you know it's like folk music, but it's yeah. like off a bit. You know. Yeah. It's a little bit. There's some drugs in there. Maybe. It's like um, Skip Spence, but. I don't know. You could say yeah, a lot of thousands. Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so I think Kyle was in a band before this, before my time, that was called Rodriguez uh-huh. with that guy Matt Ward or M. Ward. M. Ward, okay. You yeah. know, it was kind of like a, it felt like Firehose. I feel like that was pretty informed by Firehose. That's a band? Firehose? Yeah. Yeah, it's a Mike uh, Watt. Oh, right, yeah. Okay. Minutemen band. So um, yeah, it's very distinctive sounding. Y- yeah, or you know, it's like imagine Minutemen energy of like yeah. you know bass and guitar and drums and like you know um, that kind of watt power, wattage. And, yeah. Uh, so 
yeah, when I hear this stuff, I kind of hear it through that lens a little bit. So right. to, uh, the skip, but yeah, you're right, skip spins. But but anyway, so coming into this scene, like sort of like playing, there was like a, a coffee shop called Linnea's Cafe that mm -hmm. was like where it was kind of on the touring circuit of a lot of. Um, small labels like uh, K Records bands would come oh, right. through there a lot and so through playing with Little Wings and playing shows with other bands like kind of in a similar ethos um, yeah I just started like writing my own songs and playing mm -hmm. those on like acoustic guitar or maybe with like a synthesizer like I, I've had this Juno 60 Roland Juno 60 oh, uh, polysynth for, yeah. forever like since I was in high school how'd you and get it? At like a guitar shop in Nevada City for like two hundred bucks. Oh man, and that was, things are those things are pretty soft. I think right? they are, but like in at the, the right time, condition. at the time it wasn't really. I didn't have a conception of like what it was. I yeah. just wanted something I'd go, you know. Um, and I still have that. It's like you know, a crucial wow. part of my rig or whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, but anyhow, so yeah, just started playing shows like that in small DIY spaces, and then. Moved up to Portland and uh, just started pursuing it more aggressively. Right. And st still your solo stuff? Or playing yep. with other bands at the same time? Mm. Playing a little bit with, with Kyle. We mm -hmm. made a couple records and then kind of veering off and doing more solo stuff. Um, and sort of becoming entwined with that, like, Olympia, Portland... Um, underground music world who else is in that sort of scene um well the olympia stuff like the you know the, the kind of the figurehead is calvin uh -huh. johnson who right was uh -huh. from beat happening and yeah started k records and uh put out like tons of you know seminal northwest tons of bands. stuff um so calvin and then sort of like the younger generation was like phil l from mount erie yeah and uh uh, Kayla Marisich and Mira. Um, Mira. I uh, do you know? Forever. Yeah. Uh, Old Time Religion. Do you remember oh, that Oh, hell band? yeah. With yeah. a J? Yep. Yeah. That band was pretty influential. Like, or seeing that band early on mm -hmm. was like, wow, this is like pretty exciting to see. Um, I don't think, I couldn't even tell what they sound like. I just remember them. Yeah. And I couldn't, I couldn't really direct you to like a standout track, but. Let me just see it. We should just listen to one and see if yeah, I can. Yeah. Old Time Religion. We'll just play their most popular track, which is Mystery Language okay. or Cold Water. Let's see here. I don't even know. God. It's weird how you just hear a guitar tone and you can tell what decade it's yeah, from. Yeah, yeah. How fucked up is that? Yeah, and a lot of these records, I don't know where this was recorded, but a lot of that stuff was recorded at Dub Narcotics Studio oh, really? in, in Olympia. So, so a lot of these records that came out around that time are kind of infused with the same sound because they were you know made in the same place with yeah. the same gear and uh, it says 2004 yeah it's probably probably, probably well yeah I don't know but it's probable that it's uh, recorded there it has that really you can hear the room yeah um, so this is a long build but you know they're like pretty like kind of wailing wailing it gets like dancey you yeah. know like Oh shit, okay. It's almost that, uh, what's that, DFA? It's an early DFA sort of shit, right? Yeah, like, uh, or even like earlier, almost feels to me like no wave, like, yeah. you, you know? Yeah, it's like, a, I got really into the no wave stuff for a while. Mm -hmm. When I first heard, found out about it, I just like, I couldn't believe how 
like short period of time it was around. Yeah. And just how unique it was. Yeah. To me, it felt like just the coolest thing ever is to totally. have a no wave band. Totally. Like ESG. I was so into ESG, man. Yeah. They're just the fucking They're most amazing. I listen. I listened to them almost exclusively for like a few months. It was just ESG. Yeah, they're pretty unbeatable, and it's tough to duplicate. Like I feel like yeah. everyone's tried, but it's just they have a special. Even themselves, yeah. the new stuff is mm-hmm. like here's like this is the prime example to me. Yep. Yeah, this is Martin Hannon produced this. Mm. Oh yeah, I think he did. Yeah, okay. It's some fucking badass producer from yeah. Manchester. Yeah, yeah. Factory. Oh. Records era. Okay. Like, is that reverb? But what is that? Yeah. Uh, or it's like a slap delay or something. I don't know something. But that's I know that's so crucial to this. So clean. Sound. Yeah. The the aesthetic of the way that everything was recorded in this yeah. period is sounds. I, I almost said something super hyperbolic. Like, it sounds the best to me. Yeah. But, like, obviously... It does sound the best. It sounds great. Everything in that, like, anything at all has that same tone where it feels like it's dark, yeah. but you can see everything. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to describe it. There's t- somehow I hear it. Yeah. It's like everything's present, but it yeah. has, like, this sort of, almost like a shimmering darkness to mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. There's, there's like, DNA. Mm-hmm. There was, uh, what, there's Conch. Um, conk. Yeah, uh, contortions. The contortions. Who else? Dinosaur L. Wasn't Dinosaur L? Wasn't that um, what's his name? Arthur Russell? Oh, um, maybe. Uh, what's the um? What am I trying to say? Contortions. Loose joints. Loose that... joints. Oh, that's that's a. Oh, let's listen to loose joints. Loose joints is just fucking unbelievable. Like this is well, this is so similar to SG. This is really, it's disco music in a way. Yeah. It's like this offshoot, but a weird offshoot. Yeah, this was a great period, of, like, before the, like, commercial sheen, and mm-hmm. it's just sort of, like, uh, yeah, designed to make you move. So fucking good. Like that compression. Mm-hmm. You can hear the... Uh, tape hiss so clearly or I can right now which is so crucial I think if it wasn't there it would sound like a different song right because tape hiss is just that it's that sort of high mid yeah you can can sort of hear it just if you paused it I think it would just yeah so that noise floor just dropped yeah okay I never noticed that I just love all the compression on this shit because yeah. it makes it sound like it's, I don't know, it's like a fucking sandwich or something. Mm-hmm. I just want to chew, it sounds so like chewy. Yeah. And it's great how everything is like a little uh, off the grid. Like nowadays everything is so oh. quantized. Oh, okay. You know? Quantized, quantization is like a, what is that exactly? Well, it's like uh, forcing you know, in the digital age, and you know mm-hmm. everything's recorded on computers. You can force the tra- you know, the the take on to in time. You can to force line it in up time. Perfectly, yeah, huh? exactly. Because um, this stuff is not. This is how was something like this recorded? Probably live. Well, I mean, there's probably overdubs, but there's right. probably at least like maybe the bass and drums are recorded live. Right. Um, 
Because these are real drums. Yeah. Yeah, so like maybe there's percussion overdubs and maybe the guitar was overdubbed. But like during that build, like the guitar track was so loose. It was yeah. kind of panned and it was like, yeah. So those are real drums. Yeah. Because they're so compressed, it's almost like you can't tell. Mm-hmm. That's what you're saying, yeah, because it's not, so it's a real track that was tracked out and recorded as opposed to being something that was composed on a computer. Yeah, exactly. Did that, like, change gradually, you think, in terms of how that... Yeah, I mean, I think, like, when um, drum machines started yeah. getting used more uh, regularly, like, things started shifting that way, everything sort of... But, you know, even in, like, early... Uh, techno tracks or early acid tracks like it still feels a little loose you know it does doesn't it um, I think it's really when the computer happened uh, is when everything got so clean and on the grid this earliest acid track I can think of is like this kind of shit listen to Josh Wink I don't know uh, I, I think I know this track but I don't yeah. know the, what's the name of this uh, the, it's Higher State of Consciousness it's uh. Josh Wink and he's like a, you know, 303 yeah. guy. What? Is this, uh... It's about to get acidy. Yeah. It's about to get full acid. Where is this from? What country? He's from... It's America. Okay. Like I'm Chicago pretty sure it's Chicago or Detroit yeah. or something like that. I think it is. Okay. I could be totally wrong, though. Yeah. I haven't thought about I'm Josh Lincoln forever. not a historian by any means. Yeah, I'm... I have like a little bit. Let's see, Josh Wink, it says here that Josh Wink was um from Philadelphia, mm. actually. So I don't know. I think he kind of definitely got became very popular, like Oaken like a, mm-hmm, a big mm-hmm. DJ mm-hmm. with his early stuff. I don't know what's what's you know what's considered the first acid track? I don't know, but it's there it is. Yeah, there you go. There's your fucking baseline right there. Yeah. Some some uh what is it like uh tracks T R A X. Yeah. Some something Probably some British thing, right? Uh no, I think Chicago. Oh really? Yeah. Speaking of Chicago, do you uh, uh do you listen to like footwork stuff at all? Mm, I don't know that. Is it a label? Um, no, it's like a genre subgenre. Footwork. Yeah. How do I find it? Um, Just type in footwork. Yeah, yeah, you could, but that might so uh, like maybe look for a guy named RP Boo. Ooh, this is getting good. Okay, should I look on Spotify or on YouTube? Um, either one. Oh, okay. RP Boo on Spotify. RP Boo. Yeah, just so the letters R P and then B O, like scaring a ghost. Yep. R R P together. Yeah. R P Boo. Holy shit! This is fucking cool. L S D. So there's a newer track right. called. Uh, what's it called? Bang, banging on King Drive. Banging on King Drive. Oh, this sounds 100%. This is like drum machine shit. Sampler. Like a 909. I think he he like samples his voice. Yeah. And like, there's also obviously percussion in there too. But, damn. But just talk, just thinking about like, I feel like this guy keeps it loose while still being on the grid, yeah. you know? Like the way these samples are cut, the vocal samples, feels loose and live. So, so now you should look on YouTube for like footwork videos. Um, 
footwork dance videos. Footwork dance videos. So there's a certain style that's associated with this? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm interested now. Mm-hmm. Foot, best footwork dance? So it's almost like shuffle. Or it's like... Is that it, Cordova? It's like a... Well, this isn't it, is yeah. it? Yeah. Is this... This is I'd have to look at up. it, but... Well, it's this. I think this is not it. This is sort of like what it's evolved into, I guess, yeah. a little bit. But like, look for like Chicago footwork, I guess. Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> Chicago. Oh, how to do Chicago footwork. Is that <laughs> probably what go. it is? Sure. How to do Chicago footwork. Here it is. This is uh What's happening? This is King Charles. It's your boy Paul Zeddy. And today we're gonna show yeah, you this guys looks how like to do some good. Chicago footwork. I'm gonna wash this, this shit. This move is called the Urkin jerk. So it kind of comes out of, I think, like ghetto tech. Yeah. Yeah. I was heavy into that shit back in the day. It was kind of hard to find if, like, it was hard to find Mm -hmm. the stuff that was, like, really good. Yeah. But it was good, it just just crushed. Yeah, yeah. Like, I had that record from the Detroit Grand Poobas, Sandwiches, you know that song? Mm, I think so. Maybe Maybe I played it on the podcast before. This shit's fucking, this is fucking na- nasty. Now we'll play this one real quick. You ever heard this? A baseline song. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like a classic. Yeah. I always had so much problems mixing with this record. Mm-hmm. I could, cause the, something about the rhythm. I think it's maybe it's like you're talking about. It's just not locked in, so it would. Couldn't mix with it when I was, you know, back when I was a house DJ. <laughs> Were you beat matching like yeah. vinyl? Mm-hmm. So, huh? Interesting. I, and this was always the, well. The kick pattern's like a little bit. I guess the kick's pretty straight, it's but it's like swamp, that that subby it? bass maybe. Because I would always use the hats. Yeah, yeah. To match oh, the hats. Okay. So I'd match in the upstroke because I had headphones that weren't didn't work very mm-hmm. well, so I couldn't hear the bass. Mm-hmm. And you can always hear the hat. So if you I feel like I, the, I think about the snares. It's yeah, interesting. Snare. I don't know what the. I guess the snare right or the hat. Because it. either it's, it's like the one and two. two and I always two, match yeah. on the and. One and two and That's, three and four yeah. and one and. Because the at is easy. Because then the bass kind of. If the ats are tight, the bass will go together because the bass isn't as right. like singular mm-hmm, and hit. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Did you DJ out? Oh, yeah, good yeah. amount, but not like, not for real, though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because it's like a, it's, that shit sucks. You have to, <laughs> it's hard. There's so much competition, too. Yeah. Yeah. And the people who are really good are really boring. Mm-hmm. And it's like this weird thing where, unless you're like beat matching like a motherfucker and can play stupid break beats yeah. and stuff that people want to hear in Florida where I was living, or they, they don't want to, they, they either want that, like the real clean shit, or they, do you have to be well, some sort of a monster? Yeah. Like nowadays, it has to be like, I feel like yeah, it's so ADD and like, mm-hmm. like there has to be like, a, it's constantly like building and dropping, right. you know? Whereas like, I kind of like to just listen to a track, you know? Yeah, or listen to it morph. Yeah, yeah. Listen to it like a longer fade or a longer, I don't yeah. know. Um, but it makes sense. It's like, you know, you want people to dance and 
buy drinks or whatever. The stuff I used to like a lot was this guy, DJ ESP Woody McBride. He actually has a song called Birdman. (laughs) But this stuff is all super heavy. It's this, it's all 303. This is Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So what's like the seminal Minneapolis? I think it's acid. Acid was the big thing. Acid, techno. There was, at least when I was going to stuff it was all yeah. these guys it was some some uh, like hardcore jungle shit mm-hmm. there's this guy rj ketamine he may have been from um he may have been from, from milwaukee actually mm-hmm. but he was he was playing like there was some ghetto tech shit mm-hmm. I remember seeing a guy once at the quest club minneapolis playing ghetto tech and i was just fucking floored mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i bought his mix cd like there and i would just play that all the fucking time and everybody wanted to borrow that ghetto tech yeah for me yeah because it was just so banging it was so yeah. much fun to listen to yeah so dirty it's, it was, yeah it's like that perfect combination of party and also like cred yeah totally because it's not it's just, tough it's, yeah. it's kind of tough it's tough but music. it's not happy hardcore right because happy hardcore was the thing like oh yeah happy hardcore oh my god yeah that's so lame yeah so obvious what uh so you were going to parties and stuff like yeah a good amount yeah there's this company called uh a label called drop bass mm-hmm. uh you know massive records mm-hmm. this is know. all it's like out of midwest yeah it's heavy midwest you ever god, seen there's the, so much good midwest electronic music have you ever music? seen the uh, adidas logo upside down yeah that's mm-hmm. okay massive I think it's just really massive. <laughs> I think that they're they're further fest. Oh, I think massive is further. I'm pretty sure it's further fest. Huh. Um, they had a magazine. Mass. I think they had a magazine. Yeah. God, I don't even know. This stuff is so old. I just really can't. I'm not really sure. Yeah, yeah. Here's massive 500 round ammunition backpack for U.S. military. <laughs> what I'm gonna do? Yeah, I missed out on this stuff when it was like happening really i was like pretty laser focused on like punk music i think i mean but i don't think you missed anything because it's all coming back now evidently it's true a lot of this stuff is people are putting this records out again because and they're also worth stuff too yeah let's watch this guy shoot this gun hurdy you ever shot a gun no really never uh like pellet guns but that's not a gun though i guess was a paintball gun well they're guns right yeah they're guns I don't know. Is it worth doing? I don't know. I think if you get a chance with a go to a range with a friend who you know or someone mm-hmm. you know who has guns, mm-hmm. you don't have to pay to rent them. It's yeah. pretty fucking fun. Um, to go to the range. Because it's like an adrenaline thing? or I guess so. Yeah, it's adrenaline, but it's also one of those things where it's like a game kind yeah. of. where It's like a good challenge. Yeah. You know. It's just really, you'd be surprised. But I think it is part of the adrenaline is what makes it really... Like, oh, wow, mm-hmm. because you didn't die, and it's so scary, especially the first time you do it. Mm-hmm. But then, um, I don't know. I only said that because one of my good friends who got me into all this music, my friend Dave Parisi, he, I took him to a gun range in Texas with a friend of mine mm-hmm. who's also an electronic musician. Um, he used to, used to play on the name Jordo Tech. And he, uh, <laughs> his sure. brother has a ton of guns, uh-huh. and we would go out to this range, and mm-hmm. it was funny to see my friend Dave shoot a gun for the first time in his yeah. life. And it's like, I think he, he got a kick out of it. Yeah. But it was both these guys who were super in electronic music. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's such a, a specific scene. Uh, electronic music I mean, or yeah, guns? I, I mean, well, both. both yeah. <laughs> the crossover. The crossover. The electronic music, though, there's definitely... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, 
I don't know how to think about it exactly because you you've been into it for a while and you've been pl- you're you play with the band Yacht mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so they're an electronic group essentially. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of what it means. It doesn't mean what it used to mean, does it? Electronic. Yeah. Yeah, I think in present day, it's like every it's like everyone's an electronic. You know what I mean? Yeah, like everyone's using the everyone's same using the technology. same basically the same software, yeah. the same hardware to a certain extent and like even like rock bands like oh yeah if, if you listen to pop radio it sounds like electronic music um so yeah that the term doesn't mean as much like or what yeah i don't know what that means do you think there'll be a reckoning um of like <laughs> i don't even know I, I don't but, know what it means yeah but no i think there'll be some sort of a massive change and because i always think about the idea that music is so available to so many people, mm-hmm. and you can make every sound with such small things, mm-hmm. and it's going all across all these genres, that there has to be something... Like, if you think about uh, electric guitar or anything technological in music, that um, the music changed mm-hmm. with that. Yeah. And because of it, like, oh, we can do this now, so now we'll make this sound because we can make this right. sound. Previously, we were not able to make that sound. So now that you can make every sound... Do you think that maybe something will happen that will change music because we'll be able to make a new sound? I don't hold out much hope for that specifically, but I I know what you mean. I think those are kind of my favorite times is when you zoom out and you see where the cusp was, like Uh where, you know, the electric guitar or the drum machine or like I think about like um, I went through a period where I was listening to a lot of like Krautrock people's yes. solo projects in like the early eighties. Like who like like that drummer from Can? Uh yeah. Or um um uh yeah, he, he made some weird ones yeah, with Jackie. With um with Jaw Wobble? With Jaw Wobble, but yeah. then there's another like series anyways, but the ones I I probably got more into were like the cluster guys like uh, solo records. What's or, one of them? Can you play um it? like uh Moby or like uh Rodalius. Um, Rodalius. How do you spell that? R. How do you spell it? Rode. R O D. R O E D. Maybe. R O. R O E D A. E L. Oh, I just came up. Rodalius. Hans Joachim. What's a good? I'll just play one of these songs. So yeah, it's tough to just drop in, but I think there's an album maybe called like Tonspuren or something. Tonspuren. Yeah! Oh, my God, he's got a fucking shitload of releases. I know, I know. It's tough, too. What is this guy doing, man? Dude, he just played at Zebulon. He did? Like two nights ago. He's still um, doing it, grinding. This is crazy, but I've never been to a show at Zebulon. Oh, yeah. Because every time I go there, I've only been there a few times, but anytime I go, I see a poster. I'm like, oh, God, he was just here? Yeah, yeah. It's got great programming. It does. It's almost too good. It's a thing where, I don't know... It's just too much. It's, I feel like it's I overwhelming. I know. I can't. I'm looking for a Taylor Dispronen. T O N. Or I'll try to think of it another. Or like Mikkel Roder. I don't know how you actually pronounce his Mikkel name. Mikkel Roder? From, uh, oh, it's Noi like Michael Roder, huh? Yeah. Rother. Rother. Uh, Michael Rother. So, here, let me take a look. Yeah, check it out. Hasn't. So, like. I've been drinking a lot of Kolsch lately, so this works out. You ever had Kolsch? Yeah. It's basically just beer. 
This is this sounds nice. Should try Fairland. This one. This isn't a great example. Well, well, here, let me think if I can bring okay. it back to. So, I'm talking about these guys' side projects. So this guy played in Noi. Yeah. Which are you, f- you familiar yeah. with Noi? Like a very specific mm-hmm. sound that you can conjure up. Yeah. You know? I'm more of a can guy, but it's a sure. Can. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, just like hearing these guys like use the technology of the day, like a, like a cleaner chorus on a guitar uh-huh. or a, a um, or drum machine or something like that, um, and just seeing how these like artists that are so no- known for a certain thing, uh-huh. how they evolve with the current time, I think is is super interesting. Or like for example, like Acid, like watching listening to Acid change from like Chicago kind of gritty stuff like you were playing that had like the beat wasn't like even wasn't even just four on the floor it was kind of like this kind of like swung thing yeah like almost like a rumba yeah but then when you think of acid like you know you think of just squelchy yeah yeah but it's like you know uh the technology dry or even acid in in terms of like the way that that one synthesizer Mm -hmm. defined the sound of a genre is pretty interesting but now when we zoom out we don't think like electronic music sounds like the db303 right we think it sounds like you know like this crazy yeah. vegas build you know like edm is mm-hmm. now what people think of right i exactly. think exactly i i guess yeah it is and they because they call it i mean all the, the names always change too i remember what it used to be we used to call it there was glitch and then there was um mm-hmm. uh we just say i like electronica but yeah. electronica is like what is that it's everything oh that's that's orbital yeah it's electronica so generic and then it was uh, EDM, IDM, IDM, that's it. IDM. IDM. That was the thing I was really into. Yeah. Was IDM. Yeah. IDM was such a like a contradiction in terms, like intelligent mm-hmm. dance music. Why is other dance music not intelligent? Right. No, because this is a little headier. Yeah, right? a little headier. It's uh, oh, it's intelligent because you can't fucking dance to it. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. If you couldn't dance to it, you call it the glitch. If mm-hmm. it was, if it was, yeah. And then now you have EDM, which is just electronic dance music, which is sort of. Yeah. Again, what like, is it? Okay, so yeah. the other music before that was electronic. Was, was every, not. It's so dance, big. Yeah, electronic dance music. Did you listen to? Uh, I don't. I'm not going to pronounce it right. Institute für Feinmotorik. Oh, I don't think I know that. Is that like a craftwork thing? No, it's a uh, more in the IDM. Really? Um, it's a German era. Group? German group experimental. Um, I don't know. Might be Inst- worth checking out. Right Institute. Now. Like yeah. Institute without the in, no e no e yeah institute I can't and then f institute f space and then, institute yeah. fair oh here it is yeah institute fair find motoric wow there's no plays on this at all <laughs> really no one's listening to this it sounds like someone dropped the mic and sampled it so I think. Uh, maybe this is like the legend that I've heard is uh-huh. that like they would like scratch records and like make this kind of like minimal techno with the skips of the script. Like they would score a record oh, cool. so that it would make these sounds when it skips. So they'd have like four turntables and mix. It sounds like that. Yeah. It also sounds very much like a guitar. Yeah. Maybe that's why this is the hit. Right. But when, uh, when you say IDM, I think I immediately go back to like driving across the country, listening to this really, really loud in the car, and you know, marveling at how intelligent it was. So intelligent. <laughs> I did see something recently that oh, someone yeah, this is, said. This is the hit, kind of. This I is think. it. Yeah, that sounds like a record for real. 
got that kind of swing. It does. Great for listening to the podcast on headphones. Yeah. It's really loud. You know? yeah. I'm a little lost now. Yeah. I want to skip ahead. Sure. <laughs> Japanese dude who sets up these elaborate uh, reel-to-reel tape machines and plays the slack with mm. no but like all around a room or something yeah it's the first thing in a long time I saw that was I mean obviously it's Japanese because it's super innovative and yeah I don't, I don't think I could do it anyplace else they have yeah big reel-to-reel tape machines the slack is going between the machines mm-hmm. and they have them the certain pieces of the reel are obviously set up, and so he's playing. He's hitting the slack mm-hmm. with uh, drumsticks, mm-hmm. and so you hear like this little like like, but he's so he's playing it like a drum, just changing the tension of yeah, and wow. it's really cool, and it sounds great, and it's rhythmic. It, I don't know. It's just the the visual component yeah, and the yeah. musical component together are so cool. Yeah, and I just. But it's also old tech. It's super old yeah, tech. You yeah. could have done that in the 70s right. if you wanted to. You probably, I mean, someone probably People did. People were, they, yeah. They're like, ah, this is, take this dumb trick our engineer does. Totally. And they're yeah. like, oh, yeah, no one wants to see that. Yeah. <laughs> but now it's something where, oh, wow, look at that. Yeah. What is that? A, what is that? It's a, a what? A reel to reel? It feels almost pretentious. And, and, oh, totally. You know, like I remember I playing early shows, it would bring a, I would cut loops on tape and bring like a yeah. little quarter inch, not quarter Boy. inch, like an eighth inch tape. So pretentious. Like at the time, it was like, like look how, mm-hmm. you know, I don't have a sampler. I have this beat playing on this tape loop, and yeah, I it's can't like imagine. Terry doing Riley it. shit. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Nevada City. Oh, is he um, from there? Not from there, but he live lives in the area. All oh, right, he's got to be by the crystals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that guy, yeah, the pretension thing is weird to me. I feel like I've come full circle with that because there was a point in time when I would have only liked something because of that and then later thought, oh, that's pretentious. And now I sort of think, well, you know what? That's just the thing that's part of, of making this interesting. Yeah, You're making a performance out of something that really isn't, like it becomes a thing where you're not listening to the music alone. You wouldn't watch this alone, but the combination of the two. Right. Is really cool, yep. and I guess you could call it art, but it's really it's not art. Mm-hmm. It's this thing where, sort of the I guess the process of it and how you exhibit the music is what makes the music what it is, as opposed yep. to just because I don't I have a real problem listening to music outside of context. Like if I hear something, if I hear anything a friend or someone I know has made, mm-hmm. I'm probably a hundred times more likely to like that music. Right. Because I have the context of them playing it, especially if it's like a an old friend of mine. Like my friend Steve is a, an amazing musician. He's been playing. For, I used to play in a band with him years ago, and he records all kinds of stuff. He can. He's like an expert at the steel guitar uh-huh, now. Uh-huh. And I hear any recording he makes, I'm just like, oh, this is the greatest yeah, thing. Yeah. I just love listening to it. Yeah. Just because there's the, it's so textural because it's him playing it, but also the context of it. Yeah. And I feel like. That's all that really matters anymore to me. I can't think I'm that different than most people is that where when you have context for this music, totally, it does so much for it. That mm-hmm. 
it's almost like that is what you have to hit as a musician and not do you, yeah you do you think it's necessary you think it's like I don't know yeah it, it's definitely helpful yeah right? for certain types of music I think you have to have it because yeah. otherwise I don't know like what am I listening to and why or more like why am I listening to this yeah like is there something about this that's makes me want to listen to it mm-hmm. if someone's like oh yeah this is all made using uh shoes yeah. that someone found in a dumpster say oh, okay right well that's not that if, if the music's really good then yeah. I'm more on board, but if it's bad, then I'm just like, oh, you wasted all this time <laughs> doing this to make shitty music. Right, yeah. I mean, yeah. Ideally, it, it stands alone Yeah. from the, I guess it's like we're talking about like the um, co- process or concept, yeah. you know, it, like something art in general does, should, could stand alone aside from intent or concept, mm-hmm. but so rarely does. Right? Yeah, so rarely does because it's, it's really hard for you to to get something out there without there being some type of a story that's attached yeah. to it mm-hmm. because that's how, it seems like that's how people market things. Yeah, absolutely. And so if you can market it that way, it's like the marketing is the music more than the music sometimes. Yeah, that... Turns me off a bit. Yeah. Um, I think it just depends on it for me. It yeah. depends on what it is. Yeah. It's a case by case. Okay. <laughs> we're, I, we're saying I, absolutely. I know it when I hear it. Yeah. <laughs> when I hear it, when I hear marketing before music, I know it. Yeah. I can't, get, I can't name any names, yeah. but I can tell you that sometimes when I hear it, it's like, oh, what, are you, what are you doing? How yeah. dare you? I know. But almost like even now, the older I get, the more I think, um, well, good for you. Yeah. You did something that someone else was embarrassed to do, and you did it. And, um, well, I if people like it, they like it. It's almost like uh, being a hustler. Right. Like if you stole something that was, oh, that was sitting out there, and anyone could have taken it, but no one took it wanted to take it because they didn't think they should. Exactly. It's exactly. like, well, I'm fucking stealing this shit. I'm the guy who plays trombone with his asshole. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's interesting. Like, I can play that trombone with my asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like everyone's sort of living in that economy right now, right? Where like right. your um, your marketing, your your brand is so so important to your yeah. uh, livelihood across like all, all all fields. Like, I mean, you know, y- y- I wonder how you personally deal with it in terms of like social media output yeah. and like um, from what I can tell, it doesn't seem like there's a super hyper refined version of yourself that you want to put out there like you're you're willing to put a lot of ideas throw a lot of ideas out there right you're talking about me yeah yeah i i think that's the case yeah yeah and to it's... me that's like that's great because it's i guess it shows range but it's also just like feels honest in a way where if something is too hyper streamlined or hyper um curated mm-hmm. i start to like immediately feel like what i'm what i'm looking at is a lie or what I'm looking at is just, a, you know, it, it feels in ingen- it doesn't feel genuine to me. Right. Because right? you feel like the person's trying to do something as opposed to enjoying doing this, the thing. Or they're trying to sell something. Yeah. In some way. And not to say that you aren't, mm-hmm. you, you know, theoretically, you right. are trying to like sell, sell tickets to shows or have something. People. Right. <laughs> but 
uh, yeah, that diversity feels more honest or something, I guess. I don't, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it doesn't make sense. There's no, like, there's no real uh, way to describe any of that stuff. Yeah. Except for a guy who plays trombone with his asshole. Right, like, right. Or it's, it's like the YouTube meets Instagram meets Twitter, all these things where to cut through the noise, you have to have something that's very novel. Yeah. And even then, it's like, okay, I cut through with just this novelty, and actually I'm a, a hardcore classical violinist. Right. But I got you to listen to my shit by playing the violin with my ass. <laughs> but I guess it, yeah, I guess it's a case-by-case -case basis because the the asshole trombone guy, mm -hmm. I'm not sure that I'd want to know that he was also a classical pianist, unless he was doing it with his ass, in which case I'd be like, oh, yeah. okay, great. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, it might, like, shatter something if I was like, oh... That's just his hobby, yeah. is the ass trombone thing. I kind of want the ass trombone guy's identity to be the ass, ass trombone. trombone. It's like everyone has, everyone's hobby has become their, how you um, signify yourself. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. the thing you actually work on a ton and are super refined is not interesting or not like colorful enough maybe to be, uh, sh to showcase I don't know. There's something there I'm thinking about. Yeah. Something, some crap like that. <laughs> well, it's like if you're a pro oh, that's just totally feedback. I was super loud. Like if you're a pro surfer. Yeah. Like what makes someone a pro surfer? Uh, they be obviously really good at surfing. Yeah, they get paid to do it. But there's a lot of people who are really good at surfing. Mm -hmm. And they're not pros. Right. So, I mean, like, how does someone become a pro surfer? You well, know? they either compete. And win contests and and uh, you know. Wait, what I just realized what is, what happens at a surfing contest? How do you have <laughs> you just a surfing all, contest? Yeah. Like, <laughs> what, just, they have judges? How does it? Work? I have no idea. They, they do. I've driven by. I've seen them before. I'm like, oh, that's a surf competition. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's what like the a, there's do? heats of you know where okay. multiple surfers usually it's like two to four surfers will go out and for a period of time try to catch as many waves right. and score as highly on those waves and just do their fanciest moves. So there are judges. Yeah, there's, there's oh, judges. Where are the judges? Are they like on like a big Usually tower? set up in a, like a tent on the beach with like have, a table with microphones. You know, they have binocs? Some, uh, depending on the spot. Okay. You know, but um, yeah, it's, you know, it's pretty, it's kind of arbitrary, but it's also like, you know, degree, of, you know, I guess it's like... Um, Ice skating or something where there's like, you know, style. scored on style and, and degree of difficulty and things like that. Well, what I, what I don't understand is with surfing, as far as I know, there's not that many things you can do. You can't do a kick flip. Right. Well. You, some of them do, right? Yeah. <laughs> you can? There's, there's dudes who do kick flips? There's like one guy uh, in, I think, Santa Cruz, uh -huh. whose name is like Zoltan. The, this is a perfect example of someone whose brand is maybe a little bit. He needs to stick to his brand. His yeah. brand is kind of the guy who does the kickflip on the surfboard, <laughs> and it's pretty. It's pretty ugly. It's like it doesn't look great. But he does it. But he does it. He lands. He's it. like the guy, you know. Mm -hmm. But he also, I think, is like a juggler, and maybe you know. So like every once in a while, mm -hmm. like he'll post a picture, a video of him like juggling, or you know, like he shows his other interest, and it's right. like not. None of it's cool. We want to, to see be the honest, in my Yeah, exactly. The Sultan. That's funny. But so yeah, you're right. There's, there's, you know, it's kind of limited on what you can do on a wave. So it's uh, where you're doing it on the wave. Like mm -hmm. if it's a critical section of the wave, or wow. you know, kind of whatever. So you, so you can do that and be a professional surfer, or you can be like, uh, like a lifestyle guy and like get your photo taken. You know, travel the world, get your photo taken, and like. Um, 
exotic locations. That's the newer version, huh? Kind of the newer version, but it's been around for a while. Um, so if you're, who's the guy, Kelly Slater? He's like the prototypical... Competitive surfer, yeah. So what's he doing that's so good? He's just like in a, you know, a, a, a apex athlete, you know. He's, so he's just dropping into these hardcore waves? dropping into hardcore waves. He's, he's doing like He's very backs. strong. He's, he's just, you know, just taking it right up under the lip and just whacking it off the white one. <laughs> um, no, he's just, he's very good and very competitive. He's probably got incredible core strength. He's probably got incredible core strength. Surfers he's very are... healthy. Okay. He eats well, you know, like, um, as opposed to like some of, some of the other guys who get paid to surf for more lifestyle reasons, probably party more. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, I don't know if you're familiar with skateboarding. Yeah. Good you know, there's, there's like a spectrum of, of people in that world right. where it's like the partying takes precedent or like the super, like, um, what's it called? The, uh, the tricks? <laughs> the, the, like, competitive thing now. It's like the uh, street X street. Games type, the oh, street right, league, okay. street league, you know, type of stuff where That's there's funny. guys who are laser focused on that. And yeah. then there's people who are like, it's worth more to get photos of them drinking than mm -hmm. it is landing a trick sometimes, you know. That's so interesting. Because uh, a lot of that, too, is also just your personal style on a surfboard, yep. right? Because it's how, sort of how you, your body looks and mm -hmm. moves on a surfboard, whether or not it's, People like seeing it. Right. Remember seeing some guy, I think his name was Nyjah Thompson or something like that. He's a skater. He's a oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Nyjah. I can't remember his name. Something. Yeah. He used to have long dreadlocks. Right. Yeah. I remember seeing some of his videos and. Houston, I think. Nyjah Houston. That's probably it. He would do this gnarly shit, but he would, he had a, his body always looked like he was about to fall off. Mm -hmm. And something about that, it was mm -hmm. kind of appealing to watch. The sort of. Right. He's, he's like, looks like he's hanging there. Mm -hmm. And when he lands, it's like he's this rag doll, mm -hmm. and so it looks cool, right? And it has like a definite style. Like, oh, you can tell that's him skating because of that, right? It's gotta be sort of the same with surfing, huh? Where it's just someone's body shape, totally, and their yeah. sort of way they move is what you're judging. Absolutely, okay. um, yeah. Some of the like uh, higher um, pr uh, competitive performers mm -hmm. like they have like a very athletic style right whereas like my preference is a guy who looks more casual and is sort of yeah. just like like lester young of the surfboard yeah right just sort of like makes it look easy try not trying as hard like i feel like lester young the analogy with lester young has got me so far wait who is lester young lester drummer old sax player sax. okay but he's like i don't know jazz he used to win sax competitions by doing almost nothing because he's oh, yeah. a real solid player, mm -hmm. and he used mess. to piss everybody off, hardcore. Yeah. This is Lester. See? I was like six notes just then. Yeah. <laughs> it's real low-key. Yeah. There's no, like, fucking... It's just... Does... So confident. Yeah. All of a sudden, right. everything he plays is so confident, and he nails it so hard that it's. And there's restraint. Yeah. He's not, yeah, he's not trying too hard. He's not like some. I don't. I can't. It's not. It's the opposite of Charlie Parker, basically. Yeah. Right. Charlie Parker. I'm gonna play you all the notes twice. Yeah. <laughs> Once you're younger, I'm gonna play half the notes once. Totally. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think they're, well, this is a tenor. Alex Parker was out. I'm a jazz guy. Yeah. Rob, I'm a jazz guy, okay? I'm an old school jazz guy. I'm trying to get back in. Every time I start to be a jazz guy again, I stop being a jazz guy. But I was a pretty hardcore jazz guy. Really? Wow, yeah. Uh, like full, did, were you focused on one type or oh, were you? probably bebop and like okay. hard bop. Okay. And like, a little, mainly that shit. Stuff that's like. I guess Vanguard. I like Vanguard uh-huh. jazz a lot. Mm-hmm. Free jazz. Yeah, I was going to ask. Free jazz. Yeah. But free jazz is, becomes hard to listen to mm-hmm. because it is hard to yeah. listen to. Yeah, it's, yeah, It's just like fucking cacophony. IJM, intelligent jazz music. Oh, intelligent music. jazz music. Um, there's, I, there's a label, ICM. I don't know what it stands for. Mm-hmm. But it probably stands for International Contemporary Musicians <laughs> or something like that. You know how I've been thinking a lot about is tortoise oh right yeah talking about jazz and tortoise kind of became the sound of surfing really? a little bit or like the chicago it's it's pretty weird like there's this maybe you know this uh skateboard or skateboard photographer thomas campbell he's mm-hmm. also like a sort of a fine artist uh oh, or Tom- something i know thomas kincaid <laughs> yeah kind of, he's kind of the thomas kincaid of the like uh surf community of the beautiful losers wow. art or you know that scene of guys who are like oh. whatever we're too many tangents but okay. back to tortoise so this guy put like chicago that sort of like thrill jockey type mm-hmm. of stuff into some surf films in the uh early 2000s or something right. and so it kind of became this like like jazz chicago you know kind of pr- progressive for surfing became the soundtrack for surfing which never really felt right to me because my I came into that Chicago music through just music, mm-hmm. had a super specific connotation in my mind. Yeah. And then to hear it like with surf always just felt off to me. Right. But it works if you can divorce yourself from that context. Like it, it, yeah, I can it, see that. It kind of works. But like um, I did listen to, did you listen to Tortoise? At oh, all? yeah. Hardcore. Yeah. I listened to Standards. I broke the CD. Oh, wow. TNT was the one that I it. had, like, the yeah. closest connection TNT to. was their first record, I think, um, or second. Maybe, uh, I don't think first. I'm pretty but... sure Standards is what kind of broke them, at least in my mind. They became big with Standards. And then I don't think I ever got better than Standards to me, but they still do stuff. Yeah. I have a hard time. It doesn't—I don't know if it sounds— It doesn't move the needle anymore. Yeah. This is standard. This is the brand new one. This is oh. the latest one, 2016. The Catastrophist. Wow. This to me doesn't sound very. Doesn't sound like them. No. Because this sounds like a computer, <laughs> not a musician. <laughs> that was the cool thing about standards. It was like you'd hear the band. Yeah. Like this shit. You hear the fucking room. Well, this is the worst example. This is the one I always play, think of. Now, where is it? The one goes... This one. That's a band. Yeah. Yeah. John Herndon. John mm-hmm. McIntyre. <laughs> Chicago. Uh, very earnest, serious guys Yeah. there. I have seen them play live, and it's fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. It's like watching... Like, oh, this is so Vanguard. Yeah. But it's sort of changed now because it's... Yeah, that guitar yeah. is surfy. I, mm-hmm. I take it all back. It okay. Is this is 2002. Yeah. This is 2001, sorry. Yeah, this is around the time where it started creeping in yeah. to the surf. I can world. see that. I can see this being surfy. Yeah. This was a big hit. No, this wasn't the big one, was it? I can't remember. Listen to that. Got the vibes. 
Yeah, it's like we're in Uluwatu, Bali. It's just like footage of like the lines are rolling in, the sets are coming in, and then it cuts to like a guy paddling, like super late takeoff, just dropping in, stalling, pulling in. Oh yeah, right now, just getting pitted right now. What's getting pitted? It means it like rains on you? In the barrel, like, you know, tube tube city. Tube city! (laughs) Tube city! Do you have any surf music you can play for us with your com- with your computer components? Uh, Anything you think would be good for a surfing? Let's see. I don't know. I'm not really confident what this sounds like, but let's see. This let's will be see. surfing. It doesn't matter, but it could sound like anything. Ooh. Okay, sounds good. Surfy. Before we before we close up here, yeah. Um, is there anything you want to tell me about blueberries? Ooh. Cause I was I remember you you grow blueberries at home, right? Which I still can't fucking believe you do that. I wanted to give you some blueberries. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. This is so many blueberries, Rob. Yeah. Like, how is this, how do you grow this many? Um, we just have a couple bushes planted against a fence. We've like espaliered a bunch of. What the hell's espalier? It's like when you like train a tree to oh, okay. to go up against a flat surface. Right. So That's a great uh, word. I built like this long fence yeah. down the property line, and then um, like planted a bunch of citrus and a couple of blueberry bushes, and one of them gave a pretty good yield. The other one, I think the birds kind of got too. Do you know what variety it is? I don't. Oh, shoot. Jenny, if you ever get a chance Jenny to find would... out, let me know. Um, yeah, I will for sure. Yeah, I wish we could talk more about blueberries. Yeah, well, but next time. I mean, there's not much to say other than they're the best fruit that exists in the planet. Yeah. Uh, is it, where can people listen to your stuff and find you and do stuff like that? Um, yeah, if, if you look up the names Bobby and Birdman and any of your music streaming services, um, yeah, all over the internet. Sounds good. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Tube City. Tube City. Network.